Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. So I've got an interesting message today. You wouldn't guess what it's about. It's about walls. Can you believe it? Hey? <laughs> the walls are coming down. Um... Yeah, I asked the school to please leave up the part of the wall so we could just have our sermon and then they can bash it down in the week. So they're going to take it down this week, apparently, the whole wall. It's been so funny. Um, the other day, I don't know what I was, I was talking to Luke, my four-year-old, about, um, I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking about stuff. I think he, he loves the... He loved, there's a series, it's a bit scary, but there's a series called uh, Superbook, which is like animated Bible stories. Um, some of them are quite scary. I, some of them I don't let him watch. But, <laughs> but uh, the one on the walls of Jericho we were talking about, and he's like thinking about the walls. And he's asking really good questions nowadays for a four-year-old. Uh, sometimes I don't have the answers. But uh, somehow I thought of the Great Wall of China and, uh, and I just quickly, you know, nowadays we don't even Google things anymore. I don't really. I just go straight to Wikipedia. And I don't know, you can't trust everything that's on Wikipedia, but it was interesting nonetheless. So I've read a little bit about the Great Wall of China. And it was so interesting. I'll just, this is just a snippet from Wikipedia. It says, the Great Wall of China is a collective name of a series of fortified systems generally built across the the historical northern border of China to protect the consolidate territories of the Chinese states and empires against various nomadic groups of the steppe and their polities. Now this is what's crazy is it was built, it was started being built from about the 7th century before Christ. That's when they started building the Great Wall of China and it was pretty much completed around 1644 in the Ming Dynasty, so it was built for a long time. Additions, anyone would be able to guess how long the Great Wall of China is. It's 21,000 kilometers long. So it's a very, very long wall, 21,000 kilometers. Apart from defense, the other purposes of the Great Wall have included border controls, allowing the imposition of duties on goods transported along the Silk Road, Regulation or encouragement of trade and control of immigration and emigration. I had the privilege in my matric year, my uncle and his family were living in Beijing and working there. And uh, it was in the year 2000, give away my age. I was in matric in 2000. Um, And I was privileged to go visit them in Beijing. And we actually went to the Great Wall of China. There's actually a photo, I think it's about slide five or something. You can go onto it. Just to embarrass myself a bit, you can see a photo of me. You can go on. That's not me in the trick. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't see it very well, but I wanted you to see the moon bag because I had a moon bag <laughs> over here. It was when moon bags were very much in fashion. I think, I don't know. I've never been very fashionable, so. <laughs> and I had lots more hair there also. Uh, I think the hair just came down to over here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's me sitting in a window on the Great Wall. It was, it was really quite an experience. There's, there's some um, 
sections of the wall where the steps are literally almost vertical. <laughs> so uh, some are like, it's really like you can look down like the steps, it's really scary. Um, but it was an interesting experience. Another famous wall is the Berlin Wall. Uh, before my time, I mean, I was very young in the whole time of the Berlin Wall and even the coming down of the Berlin Wall. Just again, a little bit of information. The Berlin Wall was a guarded concrete barrier that physically and ideologically divided Berlin from 1961 to 1989. It was constructed by the German Democratic Republic, started on the 13th of August 1961. The wall cut off by land, West Berlin, from virtually all of the surrounding East Germany and East Berlin until government officials opened it on November 1989. The Eastern Bloc portrayed the wall as protecting its population from the fascist elements, conspiring to prevent the will of the people in building a socialist state in East Germany. Also very interesting, other walls. I don't know if you've been hearing that word more and more nowadays. There's a lot of people talking about walls all the time. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. Obviously, one of the most infamous walls at the moment is Donald Trump's wall that he wants to build between uh, Mexico and the US. Very, very interesting. Hugely contentious. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's apparently going to be, I think I read one article that said it's going to be the most expensive infrastructural project America's ever done after the highway system in America. That's a massive, massive thing. Um, I actually also read that they've also put a proper wall between us and our neighbors, neighboring countries. And what's interesting in that article is I actually read that Cyril Ramaphosa said, we are not putting up a wall. We are not a country of walls, which was very interesting. Um, North Korea, North Korea is an interesting one because they've got really fortified security between, well, if you want to enter the country. But I'm kind of thinking like, do they want to keep people out or do they want to keep people in? Like what's the, and that's, we're going to talk a bit about that, walls and what's the purpose of a wall. Then obviously very interesting wall too is the West Bank barrier in Israel. So separating, well, physically, geographically separating Palestinians from, Israel, from Jews. What's interesting is it's not like that. They can kind of mingle, but it's more an ideological wall. One wall that I was very uh, aware of growing up, I grew up in Belleville in Cape Town. I was on this side of the Boerevorskordain, <laughs> which is a very real wall in Cape Town. <laughs> All my family, we lived in Kreifontein and we lived in Belleville. That's where I grew up. So I was on the other side of that wall. Then we've got ideological walls, like they said about Berlin Wall. Now that we see in society, we see these walls and they divide us. They separate us and they keep people out and they keep people in. Apartheid was one of those walls in South Africa. Apartheid was a wall. Listen to this quote. It says, Every border wall has a particular historical context behind its creation. Yet they all announce the same thing to the world. Our diplomatic and economic relations with our neighbors have failed and we are unwilling to repair them. 
That's what walls say. Now, I want to talk about two different definitions of a wall. Walls serve different purposes. I'm going to touch on two. The one is maybe a word that some of you have never heard in your life. It's a bulwark. Bulwark and a barrier. I speak about is well. Let me speak, let me give you the definition first. So, a bulwark is a defensive wall or a rampart, a fortification, a palisade, and a barricade. A barrier, on the other hand, is a fence. Well, can be a wall too, or other obstacle that prevents movement or access, and circ- a circumstance or obstacle that keeps people or things apart or prevents communication and progress. So bulwarks and barriers. What's interesting, though, is that see bulwarks, and some people see that same thing as a barrier. So that's where we're living. That's the, the world we live in. That's how it works. And it's, that's the interesting battle in this world. So again... Are these walls to keep people out for security purposes, other purposes, or are they for keeping people in for control? That's the question. I think we're living in such interesting times around the world, just the people of countries, especially in uh, dictatorships, in countries where the leaders are really just... um, very oppressive. It's actually interesting to see the nations rise up, the people rise up, and that's more than, I think now it's happening more than ever before, that people are really standing up and going, we don't agree, and this has got to change. I'm just amazed, like if you read the news today, you'll see a lot of that happening around the world. They're calling for walls to come down. What's Two things that I see, and they're not, I mean, exhaustive, there's many, but two things that I see that people are fighting for is for freedom. The great aim behind these walls coming down is for freedom. And now freedom is an interesting one because people understand freedom differently. What is freedom? Freedom from what? Freedom for what? And then the other thing is equality. And again, equality... What does that mean? What does that mean? But that's the big cry in the world today. Freedom and equality. Some of the big cries. I think we're living in very interesting times. I think we're living in very opportune times for us as Christians to step into some conversations, to step into some engage. One kind of an ideological wall that's being proposed to be put up is, uh, is the whole Brexit scenario, the UK. If you think about it, it's a wall. They, and it's not a wall in terms of, it's a, it's a barrier to many, but if I had to put myself in the shoes of the UK, British people, it's kind of more a fortification. They want to go, this is our country, we're putting up a wall, you know. It's a very interesting one, but it's a wall nonetheless. And then uh, just uh, my sister-in-law this morning, she baked us some, uh, some scones, which was amazing. Um, 
But she came in and she mentioned, I don't know if you know about Steve Hofmeyer and his latest rant about uh, DSTV. Uh, apparently, multi-choices said that they're not going to show any of his stuff anymore. They're not going to show any of his, his, like any of his stuff, his old stuff, his current stuff. And he was on social media saying that he's going to, um, he's, he's willing to pay 10,000 rand to the best video, Dakota. So apparently these videos are coming in by the hundreds of people destroying their DSTV decoders. He's got to, his own video of him on his roof pulling down his, his satellite. Um, it's just interesting. It's interesting times we're living in again, like people challenging different things, asking lots of questions. You know, where, where these walls? Where are they? What are they? Is it right? Is it wrong to have a wall? Very interesting. Now, I want to take it a bit more personal for us. And before that, I want to pray. Yes, Lord, we just thank you that we are your people. We are here because we know you and we love you. And we want to know you more. And we want to also grow as a community, as a family together, Lord. That's our desire. That's why we're here, Lord. I ask your Holy Spirit to come and work with us this morning. Come and take us through the Word of God and, uh, and just open our eyes, Lord. We want to see you more clearly. And we thank you that you are in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in thinking about this, I try to make it more personal and also just communal for us. And I just thought of, there, there are walls between us. Well, I'm going to focus on two Two areas. The one is there are walls between us and God. There were walls between us and God before we became Christians. There are still walls potentially between us and God. And there are walls between us and our neighbor and us between, you know, between us here. For those, we're going to start with uh, one of the toughest ones. Sin, pride, and self. It's a wall between us and God. Sin, pride, and self. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities, now think of bulwarks and barriers. Your iniquities have built barriers between you and your God. And your sins have made him hide his face from you so that he does not listen. Isaiah 59 verse 2. There's quite a few scriptures in Isaiah that speak about sin as a wall. Creates a wall between us and God. None of us can get away from this wall because, as we know in Romans 3 verse 23, it says, For all have sinned, all have sinned, and fall short of the glory of God. All have. And I just love this quote from an article. One of the writers on the website, Desiring God, from one of his articles it says if we want to climb the unclimbable mountains of God's majesty and begin to discern his will we must die to our own sense to our sense of our own grandeur we must break free acceptance of our small world and fix the eyes of our heart on the bigness and the beauty of God powerful 
So there's a barrier between us and God of sin, of pride, of self. Also, I haven't got on the slides, but the law, the law of the Old Testament was very much a wall for anyone who wanted to come to God. What's interesting is that Jesus didn't destroy this wall. He fulfilled the law. The law is still the law, but he fulfilled it. And it's important that the law is the law because the law still has to be the law today. He fulfilled it. In uh, Matthew 5, verse 17, it says, And do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus came to fulfill that, that, wall, that wall of the law between us and God. Very scary one, applicable to everyone, rich and poor. Riches, riches, money can be a wall between us and God. It really can. One scripture from Proverbs 8, 1, it says, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. And it says, They imagine it is a wall too high to scale. And then you know the, the story of Jesus and the rich young ruler. Mark 10, it says, Mark 10, 21 to 22, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that because it starts with that. He looked at him and he loved him. And then he said to him, one thing you lack. Now, this is just after the rich young ruler has pretty much said that he has upheld the law 100%. (laughs) He said, I have done all of these things. So Jesus names a few of the Ten Commandments. So Jesus says to him, one thing you lack. He said, go, sell everything you have. (laughs) Not even half. Everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it, a wall too high to scale. It's a big problem for all of us. I think sometimes wealth gives us a false sense of security, gives us that sense of we're in a fortified city, we're safe. It can buy you security, it can buy you safety. It can create a wall between us and God. I want to talk about some walls between us and our fellow man, between us as brothers and sisters. These are really very real walls in our world today. And this first one is actually speaking specifically about Christians with each other. The first wall is favoritism and discrimination. Favoritism and discrimination. I love it. I don't love it. This hurts me deeply (laughs) to read this. But I love it that it's in the Word. Because this isn't my opinion. I'm literally just going to read from James 2 now for us. James 2 verse 1 to 10 says, My brothers and sisters, believers in the 
in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, that's quite clear, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit at my feet, sit on the floor at my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil actions, or evil thoughts? And then I love he actually speaks about the new law. He says, and if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So favoritism, favoritism and discrimination. We do it. We do it, unfortunately. Second one, walls between us and others is racism. Racism's definition is prejudice, discrimination, so it's kind of similar to discrimination, or antagonism based on the belief that one's own race is superior. What's very interesting, and Henny pointed this out for me, uh, is that in Galatians 2, verse 11 to 12, it actually speaks about a bit of a skirmish between Paul and Peter. And it's, it's pretty much around this, this thing of racism. It says, when Cephas, or Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. So the circumcision group is just Jews, ah, Christian Jews, but who are very much still Jewish and weren't even open to this idea of, of Gentiles being saved. Crazy. It's actually very interesting to study this part of our church history. Many times I think we, we, it's just natural that we forget how incredibly privileged we are to be saved. We'll, we'll read another scripture that ties into that just now. Favoritism, discrimination, racism. Racism is, is obviously a problem in this country. Very much so. And even for me personally, I'm many times challenged to look at my own heart and to try and I, to honestly ask myself questions and ask myself why do I react in certain ways or how do I think about this? I think we have to. I don't think it's enough to say I'm definitely not racist. I think sometimes we'll be surprised and that's the scary part. All I can suggest is that we are open to God, that God can break down barriers in our lives because there shouldn't be barriers between us and each other.
There should be no barriers between us as brothers and sisters in the Lord. These kinds of barriers. Um, just on that, yesterday, uh, Okert and myself, we made some coffee at the God is Great, or God is Groot, a music festival, if you want to call it, at uh, Linden, or at Lo Geldenes. It was an incredible day. Uh, we, made a lot of, <laughs> we made a lot of coffee, so we didn't get to listen to a lot of the music. But we did kind of see what was happening, and it was super special. There were some incredible things happening, uh, and Dr. Toomey doing a collaboration. Actually sang a few songs together. Yeah. God really wants to do a work in this country. I'm, I'm convinced that he's the only one that can bring us together. I'm convinced that only the gospel can bring us together in this country. What was amazing at the end of the show was the last song was How Great Is Our God. And all the artists on the stage, Rihanna Nell was there. Um, there was another group called S1. Uh, Ratif Berger was there. There was a gospel choir. It was amazing. We, we sang, well, they sang, or well, we were making coffee. <laughs> we were, well, we were all singing How Great Is Our God. And at a stage, they all walked, all the artists walked off the stage, and they just joined the people. And they just stood amongst the people. Because that's what it's about. It's about how great is our God. It's about how great is our God. Everyone just stood on the screens. There was just projections of the cross. And everyone just worshipped. How great is our God. Powerful. Another, just two more walls between us and others. One that trips us. We have a real issue with this one. Causes a wall between us and God. Causes a wall between us and each other. How's the scripture? In Philippians 2, verse 3, it says... Do nothing out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. Nothing. It almost seems impossible. It is impossible, I think. Rather, in humility, opposite of pride, value others above yourselves. Now, this is, for me personally, very, very hard. I think, in a way, that's why God instituted marriage. And instituted uh, having children. Yo, I struggle. I struggle. And many times it's also, I think just after this, it speaks about Jesus ultimately humbling himself, become a servant amongst us. And he's modeling it for us. He's modeling it for us. This is how we do, this is how we fight this battle above ourselves. Not easy at all. Last one, a fiery one. Is Titus 3, verse 3 to 5.
Jealousy and envy. Oh, how we struggle with jealousy and envy towards each other. We really do. I have struggled with this a lot. Amazingly, Paul is obviously speaking, speaking about it in the past tense because he's saying we, we should have dealt with this and left this behind. It's not that easy. But he says at one time we, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved. That's four words that are very strong. Foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy. This is what's interesting. Being hated and hating one another. Obviously very uh, in the extreme for Jesus Christ. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So what breaks down barriers? How do we break down these barriers? I think it's with the love of God. It's with love. Love in our hearts towards each other. In 1 Corinthians 13 it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, but, and it keeps no record of wrongdoings. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects and always trusts and always hopes and always perseveres. I read this and I go, but I can't do this, Lord. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this. I remember when I was in university, one day I actually encouraged everyone to do this for the answer. And uh, sometimes he brings it quickly, sometimes he takes a long time. But I asked God actually one day, what does love look like? What is love? And... um, and it's one of those things that you then forget about it. And then every now and again, you get reminded. And, you, and for, for like a week, he kind of showed what's not love or love in the definition of, of the word in the New Testament and in these scriptures. And then he took me to, to John 15, verse 13. And it says, greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for his friends. No greater love than this. To lay down his life for his friends. So I want to end just by speaking about the greatest barrier that was broken down. In Ephesians 2 verse 11 to 16 it speaks about speaks about the Jews as God's people. And how us as Gentiles have come in and we've been grafted in. Therefore remember that you formerly, now he's reminding Gentiles actually, remember that formerly you, are gent, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who were 
the circumcision. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. Like I said, I think we many times forget that. There was a time when everyone outside, well, you could be, you could convert to, Jew, Jew, to be a Jew, but there weren't many of those. But there was a time when we were without hope. Like there was no hope. And without God in this world. But now Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Watch this. Who, who has made the two groups area the dividing wall of hostility. He has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. And it says his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, making peace and in one body to recon- reconcile both of them through God, to God through the cross. In uh, Ezekiel 22, verse well, 29, if I read verse 29, it could easily be pulled from the newspapers at any time. Verse 29 says, The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and the needy and mistreat the foreigner denying them justice speaking about the government of that time then it says I looked for someone who would build up the wall stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it but I found no one breaks my heart The last scripture I want to share. It's from Revelation 5. I think let's all stand. In Revelation 5 it says, I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one seated on the throne. It was written on both sides, fastened with seven seals. I also saw a powerful angel calling out in a voice like thunder. Is there anyone who can open the scroll and break its seals? There was no one. No one in heaven, no one on earth, no one in the underworld able to open the scroll and to read it. I wept and wept and wept that there was no one, that no one was found able to open the scroll, able to read it. One of the elders said, don't weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David's tree, has conquered. He can open the scroll. can rip through the seven seals. So I looked, and there, surrounded by the throne, surround, surrounded by throne, animals, and elders, was a lamb slaughtered, yet standing tall. Seven horns he had, seven eyes, the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. He came to the one 
seated on the throne and took the scroll from his right hand. And at that moment he took the scroll, the four animals and 24 elders fell down and worshipped the lamb. Each had a harp and each had a bowl, a gold bowl filled with incense, the prayers of God's holy people. And they sang a new song. And that new song is even new today. Worthy. Worthy. Take the scroll and open the seals. Slain. Paying in blood. You bought men and women. You bought them back from all over the earth. You bought them back for God. Then you made them a kingdom. Priests for our God. Priest kings to rule on this earth. Says the slain lamb is worthy. Take the power, take the wealth, take the wisdom, the strength, take the honor, the glory, and the blessing. There's a scripture that says in Proverbs the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a fortified city. The righteous run into it and are saved. Let's let God destroy the barriers in our lives that are keeping us from Him. I saw a picture when preparing the sermon. (laughs) Those of you who have watched Lord of the Rings, there's a city called Mineth. Tirith or Minas Tirith. It's a fortified city against a mountain. And what I saw in my mind, <laughs> um, I saw just someone standing outside that city with a big white flag and just flying a flag of surrender. And I think God does this often. He calls us out of our fortified cities. Fortified sometimes for good reasons. Fortified because we've been hurt fortified because we're scared fortified because we struggle to trust fortified because we strongly believe in something and I'm not saying it's wrong to, to believe in things I know that God has a city and that city is fortified it's a strong city and his desire is that we live there we live with him in his, in, with his protection together Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.